Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Jaden Graham, and on today's episode, we have Claire. Claire is an artist and mother of two daughters who, during her latest pregnancy, fully leaned into trusting her own intuition amidst developing and being diagnosed with preeclampsia at 38 weeks. Knowing she would have been labeled high risk had she birthed in the medical system, Claire continued working with her midwife and went on to have a redemptive and transformative late pregnancy and birth dictating the care she desired and on her own terms. And I hope you all enjoy this very rich, wonderful, and um, super informative uh, podcast episode. There are a lot of really good uh, resources on preeclampsia, as well as some other things, including um, previous Taking Back Birth episodes, research papers, and the like. Um, And you can all check that out on the show notes um, on the Indie Birth website for this podcast episode. And here is the episode. Thank you so much for being here and listening. Enjoy. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. Um, so yeah, wherever you would like to begin your story. Um, okay. I guess I will start with my, um, my first daughter. Um, I got pregnant with her um, and it was not expected at all. I was only, I was only 20. Um, and I had her when I was 21, but, um, yeah, it was like, it involved a lot. We moved, we, we were living in Los Angeles and then we were like, okay, I don't want to live here and have a baby. So we moved back home and we lived in Ohio. So made that drive to like 25 weeks pregnant across the country. Um, which was like four days and not fun at all. Like I felt like I couldn't enjoy it, but fond memory now. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I just saw like in LA, I just had like a standard OB and it was just like, I'm just like in the machine, like nothing was happening. It was just like, what? I guess I'm just going. Cause that's what you do. And then when I got home, I was like, I don't, I didn't see anyone for 10 weeks. Um, as I was moving and then getting settled and like trying to figure out insurance. And I knew I, I wanted a home birth, but I had absolutely no money and no, like, I didn't even, I had no resources. Like I didn't, had no resources to know that that was even an option. Um, you know, so I, and I live in a pretty small, like rural area. So really there's not a lot of options, um, in that regard. Um, now that now I know a lot more obviously, but, um, yeah, I just saw like a medwives at a like uh, OB group that have a birth center in the hospital. And so I was like, okay, that's probably my best option. It's also like 10 minutes from my house. I'll just do that. So that was a, I mean, it was a huge breath of fresh air to go back, go to that place versus my other um, OB in LA. And so I was like, okay, this is so much better. My pregnancy went on and it was, um, like I had no real complaints, you know, it was just like a standard first pregnancy. Um, like probably the emotional part was like the hardest for me. Then like, there was no physical issues. It was just like, you know, I felt so young. No one else I knew was having kids. It was just like a weird, like a weird time. Um, but I then, um, when for my daughter's, my first daughter's labor and birth. Um, I had her at like 39 and four, five. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And I was just so excited because I was so got so sick of everyone asking, like, mm-hmm. when's she going to be here? When's the baby going to be here? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. She's asking me that question. The, la- <laughs> the last day I was pregnant, I literally just was like, I, I got so mad. I was like, I just want to have this baby because I'm tired of hearing that question. <laughs> you know, I had her, I yeah. had her the next day. So that worked out really well. Totally. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, but I just, I remember waking up like we went to bed and then at like 11 PM, I woke up and I felt like I had like period cramps mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, it's probably fine though. I'll just go back to sleep. I try to go back to sleep, but by the time it was like 1230, I realized like, okay, I'm not actually going to, I can't go back to sleep. Like I just was starting to like, just like, like when you are so achy that you can't sleep, that's how it felt. Um, and then I noticed, oh, every like couple of minutes, my belly is tightening, but I can't feel anything. I didn't feel any pain. Like I didn't even feel having a contraction. It was just like, oh, my belly's just tightening. Mm-hmm. And then I put it together. I was like, oh, okay. So like, I started to like, just like look at my phone and like, keep on like a loose time. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'm probably in labor. And so maybe at like one 30, I finally woke up my boyfriend and I was like, I think I, I didn't even say anything. I literally shook his shoulder and he like sat up in bed and he was like, what's going on? And I was just yeah. like, settle down. <laughs> it's going to be okay. But, um, he was all like, he was always sort of worked up because my mom I, my mom had fast labors. I'm one of three sisters. She had really fast labors with all three of us. Mm. My third sister was born accidentally unassisted in her bed. Cause she literally woke up and had like two contractions and she was born just into the bed. So, um, yeah, I was, that was like always in the back of my mind, but it was always like, I don't, what if, what if I don't, what if I don't have a quick labor? Like I never put that on myself. Um, and I just assumed maybe it's going to be 12 and it's going to be 24 hours. Like maybe it's going to be longer. I just was like really okay with the fact that like that might happen. But yeah, anyways, we, I decided I wanted to get in the bathtub. And so for like an hour, we just were in the bath and like laughing. And I just remember that being such a nice, like such a nice point thinking like, well, I don't want to go to the hospital. Like, why can't I just stay here? Um, I, I could lie and I could just say I'm not really close and then have the baby in the bathtub. <laughs> um, but then I started to get feel. I just like wanted to get out and get some clothes on. And so um, about an hour later, like three 30 in the morning, got up and um, got out of the bath. And um, as soon as I stood up out of the bath, I had a massive contraction that brought me down to my knees and um, then was like, Oh, okay. Like this feels really, hard and um yeah we got I'm like trying to brush my hair I stop have a contraction get down on my knees stand up put my pants on have a contraction mm-hmm. like that whole process like I didn't even I hadn't like packed a bag so I'm like trying to stuff clothes into like a bag um and oh my god getting to getting like to the hospital which was 20 minutes away it was like 4 30 in the morning um it was absolutely horrible and thinking like oh my god I do not want to be in the car right now and looking back I now knew I was transitioning in the car so it was like even more unimaginable mm-hmm. um yeah I remember we got to the hospital and in triage they were like okay do you want to be checked and I said that's fine yeah and they're like oh you're at a seven and I was like oh, what <laughs> like I thought they were gonna tell me I was like a three or four and then because I was like I can't do this that much longer and yeah we got to the hospital basically I got in the bathtub with the shower and the warm water on me stood stayed in there until the last minute where I decided I wanted to get up laid back down in the bed and she was born mm. at 7 30. Wow. so really I had I always say like my labor was probably eight hours but like pain wise intensity wise probably was about three to three and a half hours mm. so I was really happy like at the end of the day like okay that was that was quick it was easy there was no complications I just remember leaving the hospital thinking why did we go why were we there they didn't do anything for me I didn't have like a traumatic hospital birth it was just like they didn't even like they didn't really know what to do because they were just like you're just kind of you know what to do I guess like you're just hanging out um so I remember just thinking immediately next time if I have another baby I am staying home that was like 
no point in all that. So when my daughter was about 18 months old or 20 months old, I remember thinking really strongly, like, I want to have another baby. And then sort of like started just thinking that process over and then got pregnant at when she was maybe 20, maybe she was 22 months or something like that. Um, and it just felt so right. Like I knew that we had like conceived on the full moon and it felt so like special, like, oh, this is like really like this time I'm like, I want another baby. Cause the first time it was like, I didn't really have that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it felt really good to like choose that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at, yeah, I found I was pregnant like five weeks or four weeks or something. And then, um, ended up having a miscarriage at seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was, it was, that was really hard because it felt so like betrayed almost because, um, I was like, I did, you know, I did everything right. You know, like I did everything right. Quote unquote. Um, you know, I just, I wanted this so bad and it felt like, oh, I can never have another baby again. Um, mm-hmm. that was too hard. Um, like I don't, and I just had like, I mean, it was just a, a miscarriage at home. Like I bled and, um, it was just, a. I it I had taken a doula training the month after so it really gave me the language of like oh that was birth because like at the time I was just like as I'm like cramping and I started to bleed and I was just laying in bed like crying Mm -hmm. I didn't it didn't even like occur to me to like oh I can get up like this is basically like contractions like I can move through this I could get in the shower like I just sort of laid there because I was like well there's nothing I can do I just sort of have to like suffer through it Mm -hmm. um and yeah. So after that, I, but actually before the day before I had, um, the miscarriage, I had met with, um, a midwife that I, I interviewed midwives really early from like between five and six weeks. I interviewed midwives, home birth midwives, which it's not like legally licensed here, but that's exactly what I wanted. I did not want someone licensed. So mm-hmm. it worked out the best. I met with three women and I knew exactly who I wanted. And that's who I, I had chosen the day before. Um, cause I knew this time, like whenever I got pregnant again, I would, I wanted a home birth midwife and I wanted to choose someone I like that. I really wanted, like I had specific questions in my head, like, um, asking about transfer and induction and, um, like, are you going to abandon care at 42 weeks? Like, what does that look like? Like, what if I go into labor at 35 weeks? What, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so I found the first the first midwife, she, I had like, she was like, no, I check. Um, like I had, I had specifically said, I don't want any fetal Doppler use and maybe I will want it in labor, but if I don't, you have, like, I want you to respect that. And she said, well, I check fetal heart tones every 15 minutes in active labor. And then I found out from my, my midwife, I ended up hiring that she will just leave a birth. She has been known to leave births for women who refuse fetal Doppler um, in active labor. And so I was like, immediately, no, Yeah, she was much more, she worked in the birth center. So mm-hmm. that was, that, that's just not what I wanted at all. Um, so my husband liked the first one and I didn't like her. So I was like, no. And then he didn't like the second one, um, which she was a free birther. So, and he was like, I don't know if I really like her that much. And I said, okay, fine. We'll interview the last one. And so we both like, we both really, I, I didn't even like care. I was like, I'm choosing her. I don't care what you think. And he was like, okay. So, um, anyways, after that miscarriage, I had a normal period four weeks later and then was pregnant the next month accidentally and did not plan that to go that way. Cause it was really, it felt like I can't do this again. What if it's a miscarriage? What if it's a stillbirth? Like I, if I can't handle a seven week miscarriage, like what you know, how could I, what if something else happens? Like it was Mm -hmm. a really hard thing to move through my whole pregnancy. Um, it went, it got, it got better. The further things went on. Um, but like the first, especially three to four months was really hard. Yeah. Um, I can imagine. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, when I was pregnant with her and it was just like, I remember laying on the floor, um, 
and I like threw the test at my husband boyfriend we're married not legally but just whatever um if I've heard him as either or it's that's fine um, <laughs> Um, I just threw it like in his lap and I said, look at this. And he was like, oh, yay. And he just like smiled and he kissed me. And then I was like, you're not freaking out. You're not, you don't, what, you know, just like, I'm kind of like panicking. And he's like, no, I'm happy. This, this is good. And I just, in the moment I was like, I wanted someone to freak out with me, but obviously I'm glad he was just like, no, this is going to be good. We're cool. So, um, yeah, I laid on the floor for a couple hours and then came to and was like, okay, I guess this is what's going to happen. Um, and in actually that early pregnancy, um, with my neck, this was, this is my next, um, baby. And she, uh, I went to the, I went to the same like medwife practice mm -hmm. because I was having like lower, like deep left side pain. And I was like, freaked out like what if it's ectopic or something. Mm -hmm. So I decided, okay, I don't want any medical care, but I really I, I want to get this looked at because I just want to be sure. Um, and, um, yeah, it, I got it checked out. Everything's totally fine. I, he was like, I, I told him, um, I think I ovulated on that side. And he was like, yeah, I think that you did. You seem to be really in tune with your body. And I said, yep, I am basically walked out and was like, why did I go? I mean, I'm, I'm glad I went. It was totally fine. Um, but that just solidified in me, like, okay, that's where I really don't want to be. Um, which made me feel really good. Like, okay, I made the right decision. Um, and yeah, I, I had a good, I had a good pregnancy with her. Like I had recently like changed my diet, like maybe the last like six months, like I was eating, I was a vegan, which is a whole other topic. And then was not a vegan. Um, and trying to like deal with all of that. Um, but yeah, I had a much different pregnancy this time. Um, I was super tired, you know, but everything was good. Um, and then at 28 weeks, I had, um, like a vertigo spell and, um, mm. my mom gets vertigo, but I had never had it before, but like out of nowhere, my daughter, I had laid her down for a nap and I, I stood up and I went to go to the kitchen table just to like paint. I had like watercolors sitting out. So I went to go paint and, um, as soon as I looked down, I picked up the brush and I started painting and out of nowhere, it just felt like I got hit and just the room started to spin. Like I was walking to the bed to just like fall like into bed because I couldn't even walk. Um, wow. and yeah, it was really scary. So that lasted for like two hours. I just laid there. Thank God my daughter was asleep because mm -hmm. I couldn't have done anything for her. And then by the time she had um, woken up, I had been able to call my stepdad and my mom and they came over and like helped me. And so my mom was like, do you want to get your blood pressure checked or something? Like, I don't know. Um, Cause that's what my, I had texted my midwife at that point and was like, this, this is happening. Like, do you have any ideas? And um, so we went in like to a Kroger and got our blood pressure checked mm -hmm. and um, it was totally normal. Um, but then I was like, okay, that was weird. But then my midwife at our next appointment, she was like that, she was like, okay. Like she didn't place any fears on me, but she was just like, that's interesting. Like that usually means that blood volume expansion hasn't happened in the way that it should have in this part of pregnancy. And so I said, yeah, I know. But she was then confused. She was like, you know, your iron levels are good you eat really well, you're healthy, you're active, like you're not overweight, you don't have any other health problems. Like mm -hmm. that's bizarre. Um, ever since then, I've had issues with vertigo though, which is kind of interesting, but um, mm -hmm. I didn't have any other problems throughout the rest of my pregnancy. Um, and then when I got to be 38 weeks, I um, like that whole week I had been having like, I had so many practice contractions with both pregnancies, like mm -hmm. so much from the time I was like, 10, 15 weeks constantly. Like there would be days where I could have 20 a day. Like I'd have, so, I had so many. And especially as I got towards the end of this pregnancy, I had a lot. And, um, but that never, like they never hurt. It was never a problem. It was just, this is just what's going on. Um, I just learned to live with it. But that, there was one night that I had had, they were coming like every five minutes. Um, and, I just thought like, 
hmm, it's a little early, but you know, maybe something will happen. But I didn't say anything to anyone. I just like kept it to myself, like not my boyfriend or anything. But then they went away, like when I went to sleep. And um, then a couple days later, my midwife came over for um, my 39 week visit. And like her visits were always so great. She stayed for like two hours. Um, We just talked. She asked me how I was. It was never like, what do you want to do? Do you want to check your urine? Do you want to do blood pressure? Do you want to hear the baby's heartbeat? Do Mm -hmm. you want to use a fetoscope? Because she had given me one like as a gift at our first visit. And so that's what I used. So like I knew where my placenta was and my baby's heart rate and like all this stuff. So like, although she had been doing prenatal care for me, like at the end of the day, I mean, I was doing my prenatal care. She just was like Mm -hmm. the emotional support of that, which I really, really wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after like towards the end of the visit, she was like, all right, well, do you want to do, do you want to do blood pressure? And I said, yeah, I'll do my blood pressure. Like my blood pressure is always really low. Um, Sometimes it was like in early pregnancy, like super, super low but then it just normal, it just normal range. And then she checked my blood pressure and it was 140 over like 85. And, um, she was like, Oh, that's a little high, especially for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, okay, but let's, she's like, do you want to check your, do you want to do a urine test and see if you're spilling any protein? And I said, yeah, I, since that's not normal for me, I would like to do that. And so there's protein in my urine too. And she was like, okay. Like we were both like, okay. Like we both knew like, like by all definitions, it's preeclampsia, like early stage preeclampsia. And um, so at first she was like, if you were in an OB practice right now, they, you would be, you would be going to the hospital and getting put on Pitocin drip and being induced right now because they would not that, you know, like that just wouldn't, that's what they would tell you to do. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, okay, here's, she sort of like laid it out. Like, what do you want to do? And then this is what I'm prepared. Like, this is what I know about the situation and like, where should we go? So she asked, she's like, do you want to, I had like been, been telling her I'm having like a lot more practice contractions. Um, They've been, they've been coming a lot more frequently. Um, I've been losing some like chunks of mucus plug. Um, and she was like, I think that you're already in really, really early labor and that your body's really smart and it's trying to get your baby out. And I was like, yeah, I like, I'm in denial, but like in my deep brain, I'm like, yeah, I think you're right too. Mm -hmm. But she was like, do you want to do a cervical check just to see like, you know, to give us, let's get all the information we can get and like go from there. And so it was like, yeah, that's fine. Much different getting a cervical check from someone like you know and trust. And it's like, you know, there's like maybe a possible valid reason for. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, wow, you're already at a four. Um, and so that made me feel good. Just like, okay, I'm already like at a four, you know, like I'm quote unquote already halfway there at least, but like things are happening and it's, I'm not just having contractions that aren't, they, that to now know it feels like it's doing something like it was, I was so, I was just like, when she, yeah, just knowing that, cause I, I don't know, like, it's just sorry to explain. Like, I just was so freaked out. Like I was so scared of not having preeclampsia, but like going to the hospital it was like, what if something happens and I have to go to the hospital because mm-hmm. then this is now like early COVID in May of 2020. Mm. And it's just now when like all of the um, like mass mandates and partners can't come with you and all that stuff. So like, I knew I will do whatever it takes to not go to the hospital. Like, Mm. and if that looks a little bit differently than maybe I had thought in my head, I don't care. You know, like this is just, this is what's happening. So we're just going to figure it out. And so, um, yeah, I, she basically was like, okay, you're at four. Um, we checked my blood pressure again and it was still like 140 something over 85. And she was like, okay, I've done a couple like at home inductions. And she was like, I think she was like, you're already in labor. So that's good. Um, she was like, you know, if you did nothing, you probably would have your baby. It was like, that was a Thursday evening. 
She's like, you probably would have your baby tomorrow or maybe in the next day. She's like, I can't promise you that obviously, but that's from what I can tell. That's what I think. Cause I was so scared that I was in absolutely no like rational place to like make huge, huge decisions or like have a really firm grasp on like, what is the best option or what, like, I'm, I couldn't imagine if like I had found that I had high blood pressure and I had like intended to like free birth and I had no one else around me for support in that way. Mm -hmm. Like, like then I would have ended up, ended up in the hospital, which is like, Mm -hmm. that's not, (laughs) so not what I wanted. So Mm I was really glad I had her, like her perspective. Um, and, um, so we decided I, like I had decided, I want you to go home and, like working, it was like 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Um, or maybe no, that's when she came over. So by the time she left, it was like 6 p.m. And so I was like, um, okay, I want you to go home. And um, she's like, I'm gonna take a shower and I'm gonna eat dinner and I'm gonna get ready. And then I was like, that's cool, and you can come back over at 10 and we will do like we'll see where my labor is going and then like do natural induction techniques. Um and so yeah, that's, um, that's what we did between like time she left. It was just like trying to put my daughter like to bed, like have a normal bedtime and like, let's go for a walk. And I was like curb walking and trying to like make sense and like rationalize, like, how do I have preeclampsia? Like, I just have no risk factors like that. I can tell like, how is this happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so And it was just like, almost, there was some level of like, almost shame of just like, how did this happen? Like, what, this isn't supposed to happen to me. Like, I'm healthy. You know, that's not fair. Um, This isn't how I imagined it to like, look. Um, But yeah, that's, we just went for a short walk and came home and I tried to eat and relax. Um, But yeah, my, my daughter, my daughter went to sleep and like normal. And, um, my mom came over who was going to, she was there for my daughter's for my first daughter's birth. And she was going to be there, um, for this, for this one too. And so, and my, my sister and her boyfriend came over and they just were like, okay, do you need anything? And we just sort of talked and played with my other daughter before she went to bed, which was nice. Um, and so, oh, this was funny. My husband broke like, um, like a mustache, which he cannot grow much facial hair. Um, so he'd been growing this for like months and then he goes to take a shower. Like I'm just like hanging out and he's taking a shower and I'm like, what are you doing? You're taking forever. And he's like, I'm shaving my mustache. I don't want our baby to see my mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's funny. It was really funny because it's just like he can't grow a lot of facial hair. It's like a spindly little mustache. Like, okay, at least you're shaving it. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, she came over at 10 p.m. and um, like she, I walked in and I'm like sitting in a deep, like I'm in a deep squat, eating a bowl of cereal on the carpet. And she's like, "That's perfect." She's like, "Sit there as long as you feel comfortable," um, and we didn't get started. Like she, she kind of explained like what we were going to do, but then really we just like talked for a couple hours of not even about anything in particular, just sort of like a, just chat, like it calmed us all down. I think, Mm -hmm. um, at least me and my um, boyfriend. And then at midnight we started like, um, she did cotton root tincture, um, under the tongue for uh, two, like two dropper falls. And then I would stair walk. And then I would stand up against the wall and she would like hold my belly up like gently and just to like sort of rotate the baby, like not rotate, but just like get the baby like to press on my cervix harder mm-hmm. and um, uh, some deep side lying. And then she said, some people do pumping or nipple stimulation. And I said, I don't want to do that. So I just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I've done this m- many times for lots of different reasons. Um and it has worked 100% of the time. So especially since, in, especially since you're in labor, like I have full confidence that this, this is going to work quickly. Um, Cause like by the time she'd gotten there, I already had like, I had already like started like pooping, like, you know, things were like going on, mm-hmm. even though I was in full denial about it. I was like, well, no, I just like, I'm nervous. If that's why I have diarrhea, <laughs> <laughs> not couldn't possibly because I'm going to have a baby. Right. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I did that for like after a, the first hour, like um, I started having contractions where I definitely had to breathe through them and like sort of move through it, but it was never anything like super intense that it was like, like a big deal. To me, it just felt like early labor. Um, and then it, after like an hour of doing that, maybe an hour and a half, um, like I'm still like moving through it. And then by the time, like then two o'clock rolls around, like maybe two 30 and things start to feel like stagnant. Like my contractions have stopped. Like I'm not, I'm not having, like nothing's happening. Um, I feel totally fine. And they were like, okay, we'll just like, just do something else. And so I was like, okay, I want to walk around outside. So we walked outside for a little bit. I remember it was so warm. Um, and in Ohio in early May, like mid-May, it's usually not that warm. So like for it to mm -hmm. be warm at night, it felt really good. We just walked around the street. Um, like I remember it was like, just like kind of like wandering like through the grass and on the sidewalk, like laying down. And my boyfriend was like, people are going to like get out of the street, honey. Like people are going to think you're drunk <laughs> and um, or a car's going to like hit you. <laughs> like, please just like come on the sidewalk. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so just like hung outside for a little while. And then, um, yeah, around just after three, I just was like, I don't know what to do. Like, what if I am in labor forever? Like, I'm not having a, like, what's, you know, what's going on? Um, we had checked my blood pressure. Maybe it was, it's been a couple, it had been a couple of hours at that point. I think we had checked it like once or twice more, but not mm -hmm. after like, yeah, not very much. Um, and we hadn't done any like fetal heart tones because she was moving around, like my baby was moving around a lot. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, oh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh no. Oh, um, yeah. At like three o'clock, I sort of felt like stagnant and they were, but I was so tired. And they were like, you're tired. Just relax. Just go lay down and take a nap. There's no rush. You're safe. You know, it's going to be okay. And so I was like, okay, fine. I'll go take a nap. Like I was resisting it so hard. And so my mom went upstairs and slept with my daughter in our bed. And then um, my midwife and there was a like a backup midwife that came um, that she like attends birth births with sometimes and she just um, sat in the rocking chair and slept on the couch and like we just so we went to bed at like 3 30 and um, it felt like the longest nap of my entire life like I, I remember waking up um, and thinking oh my god did I sleep until tomorrow night like that's how it felt mm -hmm. and um, then I reached over and I looked at the clock and it was only 4.30. It had only been one hour. And so I was like, oh my God, that is bizarre. Yeah. Um, but I woke up and I felt her like move, like baby move. And I felt this like bubble pop from the inside. And I was like, what was that? And then I started to feel warm and I was like, oh, my water broke. My water's open. So, um, I was like, okay, I'll just throw a pad on and I'll go back to sleep. Cause I thought I'm just going to immediately go back to sleep. I don't want to be awake. Mm -hmm. um, and as soon as I stood up, I started like leaking more. And then I go, I grab a pad and when I grab a pad, I just like, it's just like, it was a gush, like started to gush down my legs. And I was like, oh man, I can't go back to sleep yet. Cause my water broke. But by the time after it's done, I'll put a pad in, and I'll go back to sleep. And mm -hmm. so I like let it just like I sat on a Chuck's pad on the floor and the midwives, they didn't come in or anything. They just like, I think she like peeked right and she was like, are you all right? And I said, yeah, my water just opened. She was like, oh, okay. She slept and we went to the other room and I'm just sitting in the dark on a Chuck's pad and it's all warm because the water like is all over my legs. And I just remember sitting there, it was so comfortable. And then I have to go pee. So I went up and tried to pee on the toilet and it didn't feel right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pee on the floor on a Chuck's pad. And so I sat there with like the pee, the warmth. <laughs> I was like, well, I feel good. So I'll take it. Um, and then I, I had like one contraction or one or two contractions. And it was just like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, my labor's picking back up. That's good. And I was really happy. Like, okay, now things are going to start happening and maybe it'll be a little, in a little while I'll have the baby. Um, but I was thinking like maybe that morning um like because it was only 4 4 30 in the morning at this point so yeah my boyfriend woke up and was just like do you need anything and I said no just you know just 
kind of relax and go back to sleep. Um, and he, I think he just sat on the end of the bed because I immediately, like I had another contraction and I started to like moan through it. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I was still able to like laugh in between them. Like maybe every, they were like, there was like one and then maybe five minutes later, there was another one. And um, uh, we're like joking, just kind of in the bedroom together. And then I had a contraction. I was like, oh, squeeze my hips. And that one ended. And then I, he was like, do you want me to squeeze your hips through this next one? And like the next one happened. And I was like, get off of me. Don't touch me. Um, and uh, then I had a couple, like I remember having, that was maybe like four contractions I had had since I had gotten up. And then I had another one and I bent over into hands and knees and I could feel her head. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I have been awake for, I've been awake for 20 minutes. Like, Mm -hmm. what is happening? And um, so then I must've, and then I had another contraction or maybe one or two more. And then my midwife's like peeked in the door. Like I, at the time I didn't sense their urgency, but when they were retelling it, um, they were like, if you want to get in the pool, cause they had to, I really, really wanted to get in the pool. Cause I love being in the water. Um, and they were like, if you want to get in the pool, you should get in right now. Like in this really like kind, quiet way. Like mm. if, if you don't like, if you don't get in the pool now, you're going to have the baby, um, you know, not in the pool or on the right. ground. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, I want to get in the pool. I was so mm. happy when they said that. Um, so I just, I hopped right in and, um, Violet, could you please? Sorry, it's my daughter. Um, it's all good. And um, uh, hopped. Yeah, I hopped right in and um, uh, had like maybe two or three contractions, and then my daughter was born. And so, from the time I had woken up, from the time I had had her, was less than forty-five minutes. Wow. It like, yeah, it was like forty minutes from going to like absolutely nothing to having her so it was like humongous shock so like as she's coming out like I remember thinking like I was going through all the emotions of labor in like a contraction of like yeah you know skipping all the stages and it's like all happening right now Mm -hmm. um which was like really intense to go from like I'm never having this baby and I am scared I'm gonna go to the hospital to like oh she's like coming out right now Mm -hmm. um so that was so super intense, but it was super, it was amazing to like feel her just like twist inside and just like, I just pulled her up onto my chest and, um, sort of like held her down. So like any fluid would drain out of her mouth and her nose. And I flipped her over and I just like, was just, there's a video of my midwife that she took. Um, like, I didn't even know that they were in the room, you know, just feeling like I was the only person there. And, um, just, I was just crying and like, you know, just sobbing because like, as I picked, I didn't have any ultrasounds. I didn't get any testing done during pregnancy at all. Mm -hmm. So like to then see like, oh, this is a healthy baby and she's here. And I didn't know she was a girl. So then I, I thought she was a boy. So then I saw she's a girl and I was like, like my daughter has a sister, like all these emotions happened. And like, like she was, I had her so quickly and she's born and like all these emotions are like happening at the same time that like I hadn't I hadn't thought about my whole pregnancy because I thought what if I what if I have a stillbirth like what you know like I hadn't I hadn't convinced myself I was going to have a live baby like when she was born I had no diapers I had no baby clothes I had no baby blankets I had not washed anything I had not gotten anything out like it was totally what baby you know like I didn't really like let myself believe it until it was there and so it felt so good that was probably like the happiest I've ever felt like Mm -hmm. in my whole life um and um yeah she I remember like twisting her over and looking between her legs and I was like is this a girl like I was so confused because I would just Mm -hmm. was like what's going on is that is that a girl and looked at my midwife with like like a little girl that's a girl (laughs) (laughs) well it makes sense that you would be kind of like just have that moment because it's like it's like you said you were going through the everything in labor in one or two contractions or three contractions that's yeah 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 it's like oh whoa (laughs) here I am yeah yeah Yeah. um (laughs) 
Yeah. So I, you know, we just sat in the pool and I ate a popsicle and then immediately like I could, I started having contractions for the placenta, which was so, so intense that like that, that hurt. That was, uh, that was really, that was so hard, um, to like have contractions for like, I don't know how many I had, but quite a few and it was strong. So I just like held her up to me and, um, then eventually, um, placenta came out, we just put it in a bowl and, um, then maybe like we were in the pool for 20 or 30 minutes. And I just was like, I'm ready to get out. So I handed her, she's still attached to the placenta. So I hand her off to my boyfriend immediately. She pees on him. It's cause I like I'm trying to get out of the pool and like the plus, you know, like the whole, like, oh, let me get the pool out of the pool onto the couch. And, um, so I laid down and sort of got settled down, like dried off. Um, cause I was cold and, um, she was like, is it okay if I, um, check and make sure you, you tore? Because she told me later, like probably my daughter's head hand was born like up by her head. Um, like her head was like tilted for the first day of her life. Mm-hmm. You could tell like which hand was up. Um, and, um, I didn't, I did not know that at all, but, um, she, but she was like, Oh no, you look fine. Um, and I could feel myself bleeding a little bit. And then I remember feeling like, Oh, there's a cramp. I think there's a clot there. And I remember feeling it and they're like, it's okay. Just give a little push. And I was like, Oh, I can't push. And, um, she goes, okay, do you want me to guide it out? And I said, yeah, that's fine. And, um, she helped guide this clot out. And I am not kidding you. It was the size of my placenta. It was absolutely massive. It was like the size of another organ. Like it was, I have like a very short memory of it because I remember kind of like sitting up and looking at it and then immediately being like, Oh my God, I can't look at that. Um, because then as soon as I looked, I could feel like blood just like coming, just like come, like just feeling Mm. that flowing. And like, I'm, I like just intuitively, I'm like rubbing my uterus. I latch my baby. I watch my other daughter. I'm smelling her. I'm licking her. Um, I'm doing everything to get my uterus to like, it, it was hard. Like it was cramping. Like it was doing what it was supposed to do. But I just like the blood wasn't slowing down. It was like, it doesn't mm-hmm. need to stop, but it just needs to slow down. And maybe a minute or so went by. And I remember looking up at my midwife because they just were watching. They weren't like, no one was like, tangibly like freaking out. It was, I just was like kind of watching. Um, and I just remember looking at her and being like, I don't want to bleed. Um, because again, the fear of like, what if I have to go to the hospital? What if I lose too much blood? And now I have to go to the hospital after all of that. Like how horrible would that be? Um, and, um, she was like, that's okay. I have Pitocin. Do you want some? And I was like, yeah, like if I, you know, I'm after a minute or so of like blood flowing from me and like, not like my face got really hot. Like it just, it did not feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, like I believe that you can bleed a lot in labor, um, or, or in, like after birth, but like, it just did not feel right. And like, I had been using my intuition this entire pregnancy for mm-hmm. everything. So like for that to not feel right, I was like, that's fine. You please, I would like Pitocin. I don't want to bleed. Mm-hmm. And so immediately like, you know, give it 20 seconds, blood stopped. And I was like, okay. Um, yeah, that was, um, that was odd. So like, there were so many things that like, I had such an amazing, like overall, like labor and birth and like really exactly what I wanted. Um, and, but then there are so many things now that's like, why did that happen? Why was, how was that connected to this? Because my daughter's placenta was really small and had a lot of like cysts and scarring on it. Mm-hmm. And she's healthy. Like she was a little small. I mean, she was six pounds. I mean, but for 38 weeks, that's a totally normal size for a baby. Um, yeah, my placenta was sort of small. And my midwives are just like, they were, they showed me after birth and they sort of inspected it. And we're like, this is, um, she was like, really, your placenta is a little puny. She was like, you're, you're, it had to, it like, it just wasn't working as mm-hmm. well as it could have been. Mm. Um, and we don't know why, but it's just like, wasn't working well. And so probably that combined with, so like, how did that in, in interfere with like 
the preeclampsia like because mm-hmm. that's I remember I researched this so much afterwards like trying to think of answers like why did this happen um also learning like dental stuff is obviously tied to every part of the body um and like there's a, a link between um like uh periodontal or tooth abscesses um with preeclampsia and I had actually had a dead tooth like literally just like rotten and I got it pulled six weeks six weeks postpartum um that had been causing me problems for years and so I was like okay I had this infected tooth in my body this whole time and how did that and like interfere with like the rest of my body and the placenta and then the placenta with the blood volume Mm. and then that it's affecting preeclampsia and like all these like things it started it's it's sort of clicked in ways where I'm like, that's interesting. Like that is probably why that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not for any other purpose other than like, I would just like to know, like just for like research purposes. Yeah. Um, almost just like what an interesting, cause you hear about preeclampsia is like you, when you hear someone's story, it's almost like, Oh, that's probably why. Um, oh, they had this other risk factor or maybe they were overweight, mm-hmm. but I guess I had never heard of another story of someone who's like, seemingly from the outside totally random mm-hmm. but then when you like know more and you look at all these other layers like oh that's why did that, that happen yeah um, but yeah that's just an interesting part of like after um but I did in my in my like postpartum I did have a lot of like I have to move through like not I guess trauma of like the bleeding because then every time I would bleed postpartum I was like was it going to be a gush? Like, it was like, a, mm-hmm. I'm going to hold my breath. Cause my bot, like I wouldn't bleed for like a whole day. And then like the whole day long, like I feel like a big gush mm-hmm. and like, not so big where it's like, I'm not, I never bled through a tampon or a pad or I didn't use tampons, but like, you know what I mean? Like I never mm-hmm. bled through anything, but it was just always like in the back of my head. Um, but then once I got my period postpartum in a year, I just really had to be like, because I was sort of like scared, like, am I going to get freaked out? Like when I get my period. Um, but I just was like, okay, my blood is safe and I'm okay. And, you know, I haven't had any, like, it's actually helped a lot to like have my period back and like, really like make, um, like make amends with that, like part of me, Mm -hmm. um, which I think has helped a lot. Um, which, and ironically, like in my first postpartum period, was really hard. I got vertigo again mm-hmm. and I got really, I got mastitis and I got really like the whole day I was in bed. Um, and then every period after that, like got, it was not good, but then mm-hmm. it got better and better. And so now I'm at the point where I like my period's just like a part of my life. Like there's no pain, there's no other problems. So, which I think is interesting. Um, also, but, um, yeah. 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 Well, Claire, thank you so much um, for sharing your story. And actually, I'm I am curious to now that I've I've talked to you to just, you know, do even to revisit um, some some more, you know, to a deeper dive, I guess, into preeclampsia. I mean, I definitely, obviously being in, being in school, I graduated from the midwifery, indie birth midwifery program in, um, in March, but also, I mean, it's such a broad topic and it is also just so interesting also to, to, you know, to, um, you know, to see someone like you who, yeah, you wouldn't think you, you wouldn't think with any other like coexisting, you know, who doesn't have any other coexisting conditions that, you know, this would affect. Um, and it is such, you know, birth and just all of these things. It is such a mystery. It's such a grand mm-hmm. mystery of like how, how this all happens. And I mean, just, you know, that birth, but then also the human body too. Um, and just how, mm-hmm. you know, all these things affect, affect us um and just who it affects and so yeah i am so curious and also after the episode to talk to you further about this too and just what you have found as well and to share these resources um on our show notes as well because it is it is a very it is a really interesting topic that i think you know i think too many other things that are related to it can also um you know people can jump to it 
you know, and just say, oh, it's this when it isn't this. But then there is also this other side to it to where, oh, this, mm-hmm. is, you know, things can be a little bit deeper than what's just on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. For, thank you so much for bringing awareness to this. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. And just for also for me being able to um, record your story today and to witness you and to just have you um, share your story um, in this space. I'm so honored. It truly, thank you so much. Um, and I oh, was, thank you. yeah. Um, and I was um, hoping that if there is any, um, if, if there are any part uh, last parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with here today. Mm-hmm. I guess my wisdom was just like this, that whole last pregnancy was just like, I moved only through like my intuition of just like, that's what guided me through everything was just how do I feel about this? Like no one else, like when I just really like think about it or sit with it, like, what do I want to do and what feels right? You know, like it during my pregnancy, I was like, I don't want any ultrasounds. Like, I don't feel like I need that. Why do I need that? you know, it's, it doesn't feel like it's right for me. Um, and if this, like, I also, I am RH negative, so I didn't get like any Rogam shots because I like, after I, I was like, I'm not getting any in my pregnancy, but after the birth, I'll see how I feel about it because I'm not 100% against, but I was like, I probably don't. And after the birth, I was like, no, I absolutely don't need that. And then my midwife was like, because I told her, I was like, I plan on getting, um, a blood test to, t- to see if I've been sensitized to RH antibodies um, since my daughter was positive. And she was like, would you let me know how that goes? Uh, I would really love to know just like sort of for like own research purposes too. And I said, yeah. And so like at 10 weeks postpartum, I got a blood test and I was not sensitized. Um, so again, it was just like, okay, my, intu- my intuition was right. You yeah. know, like that was something very tangible where it was like, I didn't want to do that. And I didn't, and everything was fine or it just mm-hmm. worked out the needed the way that it needed to go. So right. yeah, just, um, just sort of listening to yourself and, um, yeah, like just really, what do you want to do? Like it's no one else's decision. It's yeah. only your decision and you just have to choose what is right for you. And that's really what I practiced during that pregnancy and has helped me a lot she's 18 months old now. Like, um, it's just helped me a lot. Like it's really made things a lot clearer for me. Hell yeah. All right. Well, Claire on that, thank you again so much. Super appreciate Mm -hmm. you. And yes, super appreciate this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change. One that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.